0: American Graffiti, let's be honest, is a good fucking name.
1: It's 9.30, it's Wolfman Jack, we're on the radio
0: today, I'm with Todd, I'm Dom, and here we go, we're talking about American Graffiti.
1: Alright, welcome to another episode of Theater Cleaners, my name is Todd, beside me is Dom the Wolfman, I'm the Wolfman And today we're going to be talking about American Graffiti, a George Lucas film from the 70s. Dom, tell us a little bit about it. Give us a brief synopsis. Uh, brief synopsis. This is a, a film that was
0: made by George Lucas. It was a second feature, I believe. His first one was THX number, 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 number. I don't remember it exactly. Another sci-fi film. Yeah. And um, it was interesting enough. I should probably talk about this later. So I'll give the synopsis first. Uh, I just think it's funny. Um, so this movie is basically a look into the life of a teenager in the uh, early 60s, late 50s, and how they lived. Pretty it's much. it's actually kind of similar in style. You could Would you say this is almost a neorealistic film?
1: Dude, I feel like we said that word way too many times in the last episode. Two weeks ago? Yes. That's when the last episode came out. Yes. Yeah, this one recorded too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I feel like that was enough of neo neoreal- neorealism to get us for a couple of years now. So I wouldn't even call it that. I would just call it, like, honestly, it felt like a family picture. Like,
0: yeah, you did. You did say that earlier. It felt like it was, uh, I didn't do a good synapsis. I didn't even finish my synopsis.
1: Oh, it's okay. I'll take over, dude. Don't, have it. Pull. don't worry. You put me up. On the last day of summer vacation in nineteen sixty two, friends Kurt, Richard Dreyfus, Steve, Ron Howard, and Terry, Charles Martin Smith, and John, Paul Lamette, cruise the streets of a small town, California. Really Modesto, California. Oh, it was Modesto? It
0: was a Modesto. Cool
1: yeah and they're cruising around the streets of the small town modesto california and a mysterious dj wolfman jack spends classic rock and roll tunes it's the last night of their grown-up or it's their last night before their grown-up lives begin and they all go off to college so basically it's like a it's cliche it's just cliche the whole movie is cliche um yeah i think the more notable thing about this film is it was you know i feel like we all know george lucas for one specific thing that he's done that brought him a lot of fame and a lot of money and got him to a a fairly high level, and this was his last film before he did that, so this is when he still was kind of, like, bad. I don't know if he was... I mean, he nailed it. It was just, like... Dog, it's like putting the toothpaste back in the tube. It's like he was just gearing up for Star Wars, and it's like, yeah, so you say that, and you say it's,
0: like, really, like, cookie cutter, and that's because it is, and what I read somewhere could be wrong but what I uh I didn't cite my sources I just saw this a long time ago and I thought it was interesting and I'm pretty sure it is fairly true is Francis Ford Coppola after um, George Lucas's THX blah 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 whatever it was like essentially saying don't be so weird like make a relatable film and same with George Lucas's wife and he's like anybody could do that I'll prove it to you So
1: he wrote and made American Graffiti. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. There's also, uh, I'm like a huge Star Wars nerd, so sorry if I divulge a little bit. But in the, uh, basically the documentary about like George Lucas concepting and coming up with the idea and creative for Star Wars, there's a lot of like documentary style stuff about him working on American Graffiti. So if you ever want to watch anything else that involves this film, I would definitely go check it out. I watched it a long time ago, so I can't really call up a lot of the facts or things that it picks up on, but it it does talk a little bit about it within that documentary.
0: Definitely. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Well, Um, also, this was George Lucas's introduction to Han Solo. To uh, Harrison Ford. Ford. Yeah, I think this was like the first time they worked together. Yeah, Harrison Ford played like a... He was a weird... It was like a cameo role
0: almost. It was. It almost felt like... I don't know. It felt like he was like. Felt like he was putting on an act while he's an actor.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah. And like, it felt like the character was like, I don't know. It felt weird. He was trying to be like country, but also like a the like a hot rod kind of like greaser type. It was. Yeah. He, it almost felt Canadian, too, at a point. I feel like his accent like went into like Canadian a little bit too at some points, and I'm not really sure. It's why. not like an accent. No, he's 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 not like a method actor. It's just like It's Harrison Ford. Like I go don't know. go be yourself, dude. Go be Indy. Go be Han. Like uh thing. It feels bad for Harrison Ford having like a villain role. I don't know. It just didn't feel right. I did it. vibed with it. I feel like a young Harrison Ford. He was just like dude just like pisses excellence like I feel like he could have just been whoever he wanted to be and done whatever he wanted to do and everybody would have just been like hell yeah dude great job
0: he was a carpenter before he was an actor
1: really? Yeah, I did not know that that's actually really interesting so was Jesus
0: Harrison Ford is Jesus you heard it here first on Theater Cleaners I mean he could be movie Jesus movie Jesus? I feel like it's more like Jeff Bridges though. Oh, I love Jeff So there's long hair and a beard. The
1: dude. Yeah. You're talking about the dude right now. I love the dude. Dude, straight up. If I could be anybody, it would be... Actually, no. That's a question I like to ask a lot, actually. If you could be one fictional character, who would you be and why?
0: Oh, fuck. Oh, my God, you put me on the spot. Aragorn. Lord of the Rings, Aragorn. Aragorn's the fucking... Most of Ego Morton's characters are, like, crazy cool. Aragorn. Badass. Hell yeah. That's pretty, pretty I'll probably think of a better answer, but that's the first one that popped in my mind.
1: Mm. Mine is a Kyle Naughton Jr. Interesting. Talladega Nights. Interesting. Be a, just be a rad life, dude. Not a lot to live up to. You just live in the shadow, but you get a lot of money and you have a good buddy that you're like, shake and bake. I'm the magic man. You kind of already are that. I know, I, that's why I was like, that's my easy role to, to step into, I would love that life. You know? Um.
0: So, talking about racing, this movie's kind of about racing and car culture. Yeah,
1: dude, uh, oh my god, so they tried to sell, like, all of these cars after the film was made? No one bought them. Like, no one no one wanted these cars.
0: Um. I was under the understanding that they were being rented for, like, $25 a day.
1: A couple of them were, but all of the main cars. So each car was actually uh, tied to the personality of the person who drives them. Oh, yeah, for sure. So they all have, like, a certain meaning. That's why, like, I think it was... Uh... What's his name? Had the bug. Yeah, or even then Toad. Like, his car? It was, like, a ghost car, almost. It didn't have, like, a make or a manufacturer. They kept saying, oh, this looks like a whatever. But it was just, like, a... A nothingness. It was just like, they don't know what it is. Looks cool. Don't know what it is. Toad? Toad. The dude with glasses gets with a blonde chick. That blonde chick was hot. His car? His car was the Vespa. Well, yeah, his car was the Vespa, but it was Ron Howard's car. They didn't know what it was. Oh, it was just like a general, like... Yeah. Nice. Sorry, that was the car. Yeah, that was dumb.
0: I thought you were trying to say it, yeah. I was like, that's not his car, but it is his car. I lost myself in your thought. Mm. that was weird um so (laughs) let's get to our initial thoughts before we start talking deeply about this movie yeah honestly I'll go first I'll go first um I don't know I enjoyed watching this movie we've talked about this before you like to say it a lot movies are time machines into the past you get to see see what the movie was like I do say that a lot you do say that a lot and it's not wrong it's pretty true especially for period pieces this movie is just 100% nostalgia this movie is nostalgia And that's what George Lucas wrote it to be is just a, Hey, you're going to like this movie because you like what it feels like. And he nailed it. Everything about it nails the nostalgia factor, the culture, the clothing, the cars, the sets, the dialogue, everything just nails the nails, the nostalgia of this movie. So if you're like looking for like a fun movie to watch, sure, this is it. Um, you might disagree. I I was just gonna ask: Are you
1: nostalgic for a time you never lived in?
0: Yeah, you definitely can be, and that's that's a this is a good example of how this movie does it. Is your you're nostalgic? Did you not feel nostalgia for like this time, even though you literally never lived in it? I kind of did. I was like, oh shit! I get everything that's going on here. I understand how the characters feeling. Kind of very cooker cut, cookie cutter.
1: Very get cookie it. cutter, but um. I guess I didn't really like feel nostalgic. I was just like, oh, this is cool. I hope this is accurate. Cause it was like, oh, yeah. It was made in the seventies, but it's like yeah. replicating the sixties. And actually, that's one of the interesting things is like a lot of the characters are based after George Lucas from different periods of his life. Cause he actually grew up in Modesto, California, where they didn't actually shoot it there, by the way. Yeah. They shot it like
0: upstate. They shot it in Petaluma. Yes. Yeah. Which is not that far upstate.
1: Oh. Uh, I
0: don't know, California. Yeah. Um, I for some reason have a little more information on California. I don't know why. Might uh, be because I grew up there. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, but they originally tried, interestingly, talking about location. They tried shooting in San Rafael and got kicked the fuck out like right away. That, yeah, yeah, it was they like got, their first night, their and first they ran night, over. or The cars were loud, and they were like, "No." They they closed down all the streets. They basically had like the businesses were like, "This sucks. We can't like operate." Yeah. So the city kicked him out after literally the first night of shooting. It was kind of funny.
1: Dog, I'm sorry. This is like kind of a tangent. Mm-hmm. Why did it seem like every high schooler from the county just comes to the same strip to cruise? Because it was like they kept all driving up and being like, oh, what school do you go to? What school do you go to? And like for where I grew up, that doesn't like, I don't know. I feel like like the schools just like mingle in their own town's cool spot to go, not like you all go to the same small town city strip Um, so I'll give
0: you a little background on this Modesto is in the middle of Central Valley there's not a lot going on you are far especially at this time when highways were just first being built like kind of in the 50s um, that's a far way to go now it doesn't seem like that much uh, but during that time it was like it wasn't common for you to go very far from your own town but Modesto was, was the biggest town in that area for a while and uh, they talked about uh those girls went to Turlock uh which is another town south of Modesto not too far it's a way smaller town uh, interesting enough my water polo coach from high school grew up in Turlock
1: very interesting i'm very yeah. invested in yeah, water Turlock, polo yeah Turlock Turlock is a little
0: agriculture town okay a little tiny one um so if they went to Turlock there was nothing to do there so it's kind of like if they were going to Modesto at that time, it was like, hey, we're going to go to um, here in the uh, DFW area. It's like, hey, you live in Keller, Keller, or Roanoke. You're going to go to South Lake downtown to go like eat or do other stuff. It's like that. Um, there's nothing over where you're at, so why not go somewhere else where other people are? I get that. Yeah. That makes sense. So that's that's the reason they're either showing up on that strip, because that was like the closest big city. Not a big city. It's really just one road. Feels a lot like Texas now. You got one main road. Imagine you're in the 50s. There ain't no computers, no video games,
1: no phones. And there are phones, but not like cell phones. Uh, speaking of, yeah, how great this is! Kind of tying into the nostalgia you were talking about earlier. How great would it be to get to go to one of those like drive-ins? I'd be sick. Like it, it always looked like a time. It would be like if Sonic stuck to their true format. True, except for
0: Sonic is trash.
1: Do you like Sonic? I do like Sonic. I don't eat their food. Okay,
0: fair. They got the drink beds. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. I thought you were talking about like just like a whole experience. Oh. No, but like the I like their tots. My truck's too big to fit in Sonic pull up things. <laughs> the
1: whole thing. They have the double wides. I know, I just you know. I mean here in Texas, the double wide, double get, wides are get, always yeah, cool. Yeah. Um get a real car. Is your F J like small enough to fit in those? Yeah. Oh shit. That's crazy. No, that's crazy, dude. I can I can go wherever I want. I go where the wind blows. Uh, right as wrote with the work. I know. Um, Speaking of cars, this movie has a lot of cars. Oh, yeah. That- One of the things I wrote down initially, early, early on into watching this, my first note was just like, I have a feeling this is all just going to be about hot rods and hijinks and God, butter me and press because it was. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of was not the whole
0: culture, but you could tell like car culture was like a big thing in that time. Uh, and it's just like what do you do when you're off time Well, you're gonna go fucking cruise around on the main strip cause what else are you gonna do sit at home
1: well also when you're that age it's like you wanna have your own independence your own yeah. freedom it's like your first time to get the fuck out of there yeah yeah Um, that's what
0: I wish I had when I was growing up Oh, we, we did that a little bit but it wasn't the same that I wish uh, I could've done was that whole car culture thing I love car culture I'm a car guy I like watching racing and stuff Street racing, I'm not a big fan. I think that's pretty dumb. Uh, this movie kind of shows you, you crash. It's crazy, right? But I like cars. I like cars that go fast, and I like cars that look cool. And I think a lot of cars from this time look really cool. Super impractical nowadays. Like, they're fucking boats. Massive, but they mm-hmm. look cool. They look dope. They look cool. I'll spins on the back, of like, that
1: shit looks cool. Oh, dude, who cares if you're getting, like, 13 to the gallon? <laughs> 13? That's good. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. You're getting, like, getting, like, 7 to 10. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Sorry, back to initial thoughts. Yeah, one of the first things, and it's like obvious because it's it's a very good first thing to point out. But Mel's, the lighting at Mel's was awesome. That's a diner, right? It was the drive-in with yeah. all the neon lights and everything like that. Because, dude, one of the things that I think is like super impressive is all of these cars have chrome or some sort of reflective. It surface. all just looks so good. It all looks so good because yeah. it's bouncing back the light, and it didn't look sloppy. Like I fully expected like you know just to See have lights spill- and stuff because and- I mean this was a low budget film like this to what it is it is a low budget film oh yeah like fuck yeah dude they mm-hmm. they knocked that out of the park
0: that's why they didn't shoot it in Modesto because it was too modern yeah they wanted a really cheap easy look to the place so they had to find somewhere that looked
1: yeah and I mean like the period the whole crew and cast were all just staying at like a dingy motel and they're the- all just fucking partying Dude, yeah. I heard a lot of stories from like them
0: partying at the hotel and oh yeah that's uh, oh, yeah. good to- setting George Lucas's room on fire and shit. <laughs> yeah. That would not fly now. Yeah. No, you would get no. fired, no. fired, not rehired. <laughs> no. yeah. They call that the blacklist, and you don't want to be on that. Nope, you do not. Um so this movie, lots of nostalgia. It looks good. I'm gonna be honest. I might be a sucker for it, but I think fifties, 50s, forties, 50s, 60s, like visuals look fucking good on camera. Like that fifty the car style, the neon lights, that just like fifties look, it looks so good. It just looks good.
1: Oh my god, what was the name of the of the gang? The pharaohs. The pharaohs. Fair. Dude, even the pharaohs were like I was like, this is cheesy as hell. This is so cheesy, but it's kind of a vibe at the same time. I was like, okay. Yeah. They're nailing. So it's every a little of grease. Facet. It's
0: like it's like grease a little bit. Yeah. But they're a little more like hardcore. But like they actually never like did anything like really hardcore. Well, so they like, robbed the pinball machines. And they fucked up yeah. the cop car. That's fair. That's fair. I guess...
1: <laughs> they committed crimes.
0: I guess they're just like, hey, bears are cool. They're kind of wimps. I guess not, actually. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> they they destroyed a cop car. That's actually one of those... Class, that's like a classic movie moment right there. It's just like that kind of thing. Dude, that's like the only shot
1: of this film that I knew about before going into this. Did you not watch this before? Have you never seen it? I had never seen it. Really? Yeah, this was a fresh watch for me. And like... What'd you it? think? Oh, my God. For
0: a fresh watch. Honest opinion.
1: Fucking... I've said it already, but I... It was just cliche, like, oh, yeah. My initial notes was like, all right, last day before going to college. Fun trope, not always my fave. So I came in kind of low expectations. That was also after seeing that it was rated PG, and I was like, I thought this was going to be, like, a badass movie about, like, cars and, like, kind of, like, crazy stuff going on. Graffiti. Yeah. I thought it was going to be, like, way more hardcore with a name like that, and then it was just like, I have a car, and here's my girlfriend, we want to go do stuff yeah um they actually wanted a Copa
0: was trying to get them to change was trying to get George Lucas to change the name I heard that yeah um I don't exactly remember I don't have the specific example but it was like it was like Slow Night in Modesto or something like that I was like that's such a fucking dumb name
1: no but it's on the nose yeah
0: it's too on the nose American Graffiti let's be honest it's a good fucking name.
1: It's a great name, which is why I was disappointed once I actually saw what the film had doubled. Well, I really like the movie. No, I, I... Or you were just expecting something different. I was expecting something different, so it was a bit of a letdown. It's still a good film. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I'd watch it again. It's really cooker-cut. There, there is one... Two... Two moments at the very end. It's the last two shots that show on screen of the film, and I was like, wow.
0: What were they? I forget.
1: We'll get to it later. Okay, probably not. My brain... Bring it up us. right now. And then he's like, we'll get to it later.
0: Yeah, I know. There's three brain- very specific things I'm talking about. I'm going to say something about it, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. <laughs>
1: <Pretty> <laughs> what much. the fuck are they, Todd? Sorry. I didn't want to jump too far ahead in the timeline, but then I was like, I'm going to forget if we start talking about other stuff. Who cares about the time? No. It's you're, important. You're right. Important. You're right. Okay? You're right, Tom. I won't say that often. Yeah. Enjoy it. Anyways. No. Wait, the- the the shots I was super questionable about was, like, A, why do we need to see this, like, really terrible zoom of the plane flying? It just looked bad. I was, like, they don't need this. They could have gone without it. They could have just done him walking up on the on the steps of the plane, and I would have been, good, golden. That's great. And then they did the fucking character recaps of, like, what happened to him? And I hate when they do that for a fictional story, except Sandlot. Sandlot, Sandlot gets a free pass. I love Sandlot. But it felt weird. Yeah, it so, felt weird.
0: So, if we want to talk about it a little bit, this movie is about nostalgia, and it's all about the change that's about to happen to these young teenagers, and they have no ideas coming, and they have no, I- they have no like, they don't embrace it at all. They know change is about to happen. They don't talk about it until after the movie's over. That's kind of one of the big things is, like, this time in America is about to change like crazy. This is right before Vietnam, the whole culture in the, in the country is going to flip upside
1: down. When did Vietnam start? I, I feel like that's going to make me sound so dumb. But it was like, like 69? I
0: think it was 62.
1: I thought Nam ended in like the 70s. It, oh, it was, was not it a 10 year thing. It was
0: going for a while.
1: Yeah. Oh, damn. Uh, okay. That let makes... me look it up because I should know that. Because, but... dude, yeah, I saw your notes on that and I was like, I feel like these are two different decades that we're talking about here. Um, oh, I guess you're right cuz it was kind of around Woodstock era. Yep, yep, you're right. You're right. right. It was like all through the 60s. So Yeah, you're very right. Oh, dude, that's facts because even though I hated it with the the what happened to him thing? The main dude drives the yellow car, can't think of his name. Oh god, please tell me. Please tell me what his name is. Joe? John, John. Yeah, it was John Milkner, Milner. Whatever. Milner, whenever they were doing his character recap, they actually changed what his recap was. Because originally they had him dying during one of, like, the battles of Vietnam, and that was, like, his death. And then during the 70s or something like that, they changed it because they were like, oh, it's going to be rated PG. It's a family film. So they changed it to where he, like, died in December on, like, leave or something like that. So they didn't even, like, create that. So, So the dude
0: that drove the yellow car died in a car crash to a drunk driver. Right. Oh, they changed it again?
1: They had changed that. So, in the original, it was, he went to Vietnam and died. Yeah. But they changed it to he was in a car crash.
0: Got it, because Toad said that he died in, he was MIA. Toad was MIA. In in Vietnam. Yeah. And then it said that, Kurt, I think the guy's name is, the one who has the revolution that he's going to go off to school, originally he was doubting it. Mm-hmm. Um it suggests that he's a draft dodger because he's a writer in Canada.
1: Damn. Yeah.
0: You read into that a lot more than I did. I just knew a little more about it, I think. Just like Are you saying I'm dumb? No, I'm saying I'm more interested in that kind of stuff than you are. Yeah, that's actually facts. Um but yeah, so like 1962 was a big moment in Vietnam War for the US. They were already involved in it before. But that's kind of when the whole turning point happened. So this is this movie set like right before that, like sixty, like nineteen sixty, I think. Um, and basically, this movie is about how these kids' lives are going to totally change, and they have no idea it's coming. And it doesn't suggest anything about that until the end, where it says that. And a lot of people don't like that moment. It's like, why did you put that in there? Like, it doesn't make sense. Why?
1: But I, I was George one of Lucas, those people
0: yeah. Yeah, but George Lucas is fucking stubborn as shit and he's gonna to change whatever he wants to change, even though he people highly suggest that he change it. Like maybe three movies he made that were like prequels to other movies he made, people suggested that he makes changes, but he didn't because he's stubborn. Um so yeah. Um so this movie's kinda of about like nostalgia and then change, but they don't talk about the change until that very moment, which is kinda of, like weird.
1: That's actually really interesting. Also, this ties into, like, the, the last couple of shots of the film. Hmm? But this was one of the first films to give everyone a credit because it was so low budget that he couldn't pay a lot of people, so he offered them a credit, whereas before that movie, most of the times credit would only go to the department heads. I didn't know that. So, yeah, it's one of the first films where every single person gets their own credit because he couldn't pay him enough to actually be a part of the film, so he gave them all credit. Oh, should no. so that's where the long credit lists actually originated. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. The more you know, the more you know.
0: Did we just both do that at the same time without like realizing we're we do that? I saw you do that. I like, oh, much.
1: this seems okay. fun.
0: Yeah. Um, that's pretty interesting, right? Yeah. Um. Okay, I want to talk about this one thing. It's kind of similar to what we were talking about before. I'm George gonna... Lucas is really good. Yeah. At the visuals yeah and building a world yeah that a movie is taking place in oh my god but is really bad at writing characters dude and this shows
1: this is like big time like yeah yeah it's rough (laughs) it it, it's dog the character (laughs) development and the writing and their their lingo and all of that it's
0: ugh yeah um except for some moments with Kurt you could tell he was just ad-libbing and it's like that shit like, that was natural. That was funny. Uh, but other stuff is like, ooh. Uh, but it looks like he took some dough of characters and then took, like, a cutter, and it was like, cookie, cutting, characters. Um, and that's just kind of how he got his characters. Kind of kind of felt like that a little bit.
1: No, and to that point, like, I feel like this ties into, like, what he ends up doing with, like, Star Wars and all of those other ones. Is like, he has a really good brain for, like, the concept or the entire thing in like a big picture format but when it gets into like the details and how to progress a story and move people along it's like that's where he sucks like even then you go back and you watch like the original star wars movies like if you ever watch episode four and you're you're just like what the hell is going like Dude, everyone that was on the original Star Wars set was like, this is a bad fucking movie. Like, this is awful. I don't know what's going on here. Why is this robot saying bee-boob, all this shit? And we're like, this is weird. They didn't trust the process, because Big Picture, he sees it, he knows what's going on, but it's like all those little details. Same with American Graffiti. It was like, dude, Big Picture, hot rods, hijinks, fucking, you know, getting with your girlfriend, all of that, that sounds like a great time, but... In actuality, you're not really doing too much to help progress it or make it feel like it's like digestible. Yeah. Was it, it feels just... like you're forcing shit at us. Was it just me?
0: Uh, or was it like really like some of these situations in the movie were just like so fucking random. It was just like it was just like the the ginger kid telling his girlfriend that like, oh yeah, it's totally fine if we see other people, right? Like I just, like just wanna make sure that like like I'm into you, you know what I mean? This is this is for us,
1: if I go see other people. I was like, what the... F-? <laughs> like, did you just call Ron Howard the ginger kid? Yeah. Put some respect on that guy's name, dude. Sorry. He's been in the industry longer than you've been... Even a concept or a... Oh, yeah. I, sperm in your daddy's balls. I know. We know this. I'm bad with actors' names and characters' names. Well... We know this. Sorry, it ties into Ron Howard and Lucas is... This was their first time working together and eventually... Ron Howard gets his first directorial debut shooting one of Lucas's scripts. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. You ever see Willow? Yeah, is that it? Mm-hmm. Wow. And then... Uh, see, now I didn't know Willow
0: was written by George Lucas, but it makes so much more sense now.
1: Willow was written by Lucas, directed by Ron Howard, and then um, Ron Howard's love interest in American Graffiti is one of the female leads in Willow. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I mean- Literally, like... American graffiti as a whole was like a melting pot for a lot of people who went out. Oh, yeah. Super famous careers. Oh, yeah. It was sure. crazy. Um, and a lot of, most of them were like no
0: names at this like time, right? Listen. Mm-hmm. For the most part.
1: I mean, yeah. Um,
0: I forgot what I was saying before that. Oh, yeah. There's just like random moments. It's like you really, like, I don't know. Just the dialogue felt so like rough.
1: I know. Boys. Dude, actually, I feel like this never got answered within the story. Who the? fuck stole the car from toad and the chick when they were out having their time on the blanket it never got explained the random person that walked by
0: when they were fooling around on the car do you not remember that oh it was just some random person i don't think it was anybody specific Oh, um, but then they find the car later
1: i mean yeah but i was more curious about the hijacking like if that came full circle it would have been yeah. More interesting. Okay. Something I thought was funny, though. I thought was like
0: a funny moment was how, uh, what was her name? It was Debbie? Sure. The blonde chick with. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think mean, yeah, that's Debbie, right? Debbie and Toad, yeah. Yeah. So, so Debbie's, her character is like all into like the murders and stuff. And she's just like talking about it and like describing it. And they're like in the exact situation. So Toad's like, yeah, let's just stop. Yeah, let's just let's- not talk about it. Hey,
1: I'm. No. And then, dude. When they're hiding behind the bush and Debbie runs off and he's just like, no. Oh, God. That's why when, like, Ron Howard fucking pops out and Toad just jumps, dude. I was oh, I was dying laughing. Actually. Yeah. Uh- oh, my God. Sorry. Speaking about funny moments. Yes. This was, like, the only other mo- moment that, like, got a real genuine laugh out of me. The liquor store scene. And that was... That was hilarious. Why, why the fuck does that dude, like, what'd he do? Did he, like, rob the liquor? I don't know. He took, yo, dude, he took Toad's money, went in there, was like, oh, I got you, dude. Just pocketed that money, stole a bottle, and then stole something for himself, I'm guessing. And I love how he just runs out and throws toad. the bottle to him. <laughs> the dude runs out, bah, bah. Yeah, doesn't even <laughs> look at, like, his stolen merchandise. Like, dude, he is blatantly holding it, and, like, it's. His hands right in front of him, and he's like, "You're five feet away, and you're bloodless. shooting at this guy." Yeah, bloodless, one hundred percent. I was like, "Dude, this is hilarious." It was one of my absolute it's favorite just so moments. random. It's like, why?
0: It's so random. This movie has a few moments like that, and it's just kind of funny. It helps build the world a little bit. Like it's these moments that, like, narrowly it doesn't like really make sense, but like it kind of completes the movie. It's a little bit of the nostalgia, a little bit of the world building that George Lucas is actually really good at. Those are parts of his filmmaking that he's like really solid at. They're just those little random moments. Doesn't really make sense narratively, but it's like, yeah, I like that. Mm. I don't know why. There's no specific reason.
1: Back to doesn't make sense narratively, but I like that it was there. Back to talk about the Wolfman. Oh yeah.
0: Were you waiting for me to do it again or something?
1: Yes, I was. <laughs> Wolfman Jack. Oh
0: ah. man, <laughs> uh, no, that character was great. Yeah, that was. That's actually Wolfman Jack. I know. Like that's actually him.
1: And everything that they were saying about him is true. Like, he did broadcast out of, like, a radio tower in Mexico that had, like, a strong enough signal was to it, was reach Was it Mexico? To... I thought it was, uh... I thought it was somewhere else. No, I thought it was, like, the Mexico, because it was a pirate radio station. Yeah, but I'm
0: pretty sure... I don't think it was ever from Mexico. I think it was in the U.S. And then other stations broadcast
1: them farther. No, oh, I thought it was the reciprocal of, like, it was in Mexico, but the broadcast spans because there's so many towers. Coming. Yeah, no, I don't. Th- I
0: don't think he was actually ever in Mexico. I okay, I don't think anything he was doing was illegal either. I think it was just very distasteful for, it. um, like well,
1: people didn't like that content on the radio. But I don't think it was actually illegal at all. I could be wrong. You know, like pirate radio stations were like a huge thing back in those days. Mm-hmm. Like they used to have a whole. Did you ever read about the one that was on like a ship? Yeah, that one. That one was interesting. There was like a ship out in like one of the oceans and it just had like a broadcast.
0: I think that I think that was one of the things people said that Wolfman Jack did, but I don't think he actually I don't think he actually
1: ever did. Oh. interesting. Either way, dude. I Wolfman could be super as a wrong. Character, but yeah. Wolfman as a character, I feel like he didn't do a lot to like drive the story besides bring in some like relief here and there or like give some sort of like transition cover up. Yeah. The only time it really makes sense is when Kirk goes and finds the tower. Like that that's like the here, we're going to prove that this is in here for a reason kind of thing. Not really, like, so much to help with the plot. Um. So, interestingly enough, that was
0: a holdover from one of his older movies. One of his older concepts was the Wolfman Jack idea. He brought it in from a different thing he wrote, and he just liked it. So he just kind of threw it in the
1: movie. Word. Yeah, yeah, I respect it. Yeah. I also love how when Kurt actually meets the Wolfman, he's just like, oh, no, I'm not the Wolfman. I'm just, yeah. like, a DJ. It's all on tape. And then he like, it hit then he like, on the wall, man. Yeah. I can't work talking about blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah, dude. I thought that was hilarious actually. Yeah.
0: Um, so like I was saying, it was a holdover from, it <laughs> was a holdover from one of his older movie, like concepts. Uh, but that whole like thing, it doesn't really make sense. It's not really important to the script. I mean, it has like little connections. It kind of comes back full, full story, but it like, doesn't really like mean much in terms of the whole movie. Uh, it's one of those things that helps build the world and the nostalgia is because people um, are like, they knew that, like that was part of the time it was like Wolfman Jack's like radio stations, the pirate radio stations, stuff like that was like super popular. People listened on a radio that along with all the music that they did. And most of the music, if not all of it was diegetic. Really? Yeah. So if you think about it, all the music that you're hearing on camera was being played from radios. Not like, actually they put it in after, but like, uh, like, Oh yeah, it, it was like diegetic. It, it. Yeah, it makes sense. It was music that was the characters were hearing. Also, that that makes full. So sense. an example is when he gets the car stolen. Toad doesn't realize the car stolen. Oh, until he's not hearing the radio. He doesn't hear the car drive away because it's a it's the music. The music's holding him in.
1: Damn, I didn't pick up on that, dude. I didn't even realize it was like I understood like there's certain areas where it was diegetic versus not. But if I'm pretty sure all of
0: the music was supposed to be diegetic from radio. That was part of the whole culture. You're just listening the radio all the time. That's a big part. Kurt was trying to find the girl by going on the radio with Wolfman Jack. The music and the dance, blah, blah, blah. It's all diegetic and supposed to help characters, like, feel,
1: and it gets the nostalgia going. Pause. Pause. Pausing. Pause. So for any of you guys who don't know what Dom's actually talking about, if all of that just sounded like random mess, diegetic versus non-diegetic. So diegetic sounds would be, like, if we had a phone in between us right now and you could, like, if this was a video or whatever, If there was a phone in between us. If if it was a video? Yeah, if it was a video. Like, if there was a phone between us and you start hearing a telephone ring, if you can see the phone and hear it ring, that's diegetic, versus if you can't see the phone but you're hearing it ring and the character walks off stage, non-diegetic. That's non-diegetic, but it's also assumed
0: diegetic. Yeah, it's weird. So an easier example to understand, I think, personally, is uh, music a lot of the time. Soundtrack? Versus um, music in screen. So a band playing on screen, and you're listening to a song. A band being playing, diegetic. The characters are hearing it. Also, the Titanic. Think Titanic. The Titanic. The the violinists and the the orchestra play. Not orchestra, whatever. The the small band of musicians playing while the thing goes down is diegetic. Versus, um, I guess this is another example. Guardians of the Galaxy when he has his headphones on and he's dancing to the music. That's diegetic. Um, let's see if I can find an example that's non-diegetic um, as soon as I want to say when I'm, it's not going to pop in my mind um, Star Wars when you're hearing the the Empire's theme duh, 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 that's non-diegetic the characters are not hearing that music at that time
1: dude can you imagine if they were on the Death Star just playing that ba, 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 <laughs> ba, 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 da, da, it's their dude, marching be, orders you'd feel
0: so fucking badass probably wouldn't you yeah um. So, yeah, so diegetic versus non-diegetic. Diegetic means the characters are hearing it. Non-diegetic means only the audience is hearing it.
1: Yeah, so honestly, if you guys ever hear us talking about or using terms that you've never really heard of, if you want to just write into to us at the at theater underscore cleaners on Instagram, we'll be happy to answer any of your questions. Also, Google works well, too. But if you want interaction and, like, some fun commentary, we, we got you covered. Google works until it doesn't. That's facts, actually. Right? Like, like It's like, oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. Okay,
0: thanks for describing it. What does this mean? That's nothing what it was supposed to mean.
1: Yeah, straight up. Sometimes you'll get miscues, and you just can't figure out what the fuck it means. Anyways, let's get back to the movie. One thing that falls in line... Actually, no, this falls in line with what we were previously talking about with some of the humor aspects. Yeah. So the water balloon that hits that chick in the face. <laughs> that was That's a good moment. That was a great moment. She wasn't supposed to get hit in the face. Was she not? No, it was supposed to, like, nick part of the car and, like, splash her. It just went but, into the... Yeah, it went straight into her face, and she wasn't expecting it, so all of their reactions to that were live. Let's so do it. that was, like, an absolute moment, like, because I knew I'd read that fact before I'd even watched it, so then when I see the water balloon flying, I'm like, this is about to be great. Yeah. And I stopped everything to just be like, I'm gonna fully enjoy this moment, and then Dude, what they did with the shaving cream, did they slash their tires too? No, he let the air out. Okay, because I was like, damn, that seems hardcore. Which would have fallen more in line with what the name makes you think. But True.
0: But I think I think the whole idea is that that character wants to look badass. He wants to be the the bad guy, but he's
1: really not. No, it was he's like a big nice t- bears, yeah off softy, yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of the whole thing that you're learning when he's like, yeah. Well, I guess he's not too much of a softy because he, he ran in and beat up the two guys that were... True, beating up Toad. True. They're also like, why would he be friends if he
0: was really that like big, macho, badass guy with Toad and
1: uh, Ron Howard's
0: character mm-hmm. and Kurt?
1: I think he's just like a macho softy, Yeah, if that makes sense. Like yeah. he, He's cool with the people he's tight with. Yeah. He's okay. got the fastest car in the valley. No, he didn't. He was losing
0: to Falfa. Nah, bro. You he had him by a mile. Didn't you hear Toad? But didn't
1: you hear I know, I know. Didn't you hear John? John was like, nah, he had him.
0: I know, but Toad was like, no. He didn't.
1: Yeah, but Toad ain't driving the car. He's looking at it from a quarter mile down the track.
0: I roll your time up, bro. He's got the fat. well, he's,
1: he has the fastest car in the valley now. If that oh, no. crashed. That went on. Okay. Back to this this drag race. Not even halfway through the movie, once they set up what the storylines were, or, you know, like, did you make a prediction? Well, I've already seen a movie. Oh, that's fair. I guess since it was my first watch, I wrote down, I was like, I do this a lot when I'm watching a movie for the first time to see if it's actually cliche as fuck or not. And but I had written down, I was like- It's cliche. Yeah, it almost always is. But I was- Well, also, we've watched a ton of movies. We understand all of these arcs. So it's like, I don't know, you see the formula. Like, dude, that's- we both learned to write movies. Right, so we get- but it- Dude, I will say that's my biggest struggle with like getting into TV shows is once I figure out the formula that a TV show uses, yeah. it's done. I can't continue walking. Yep. But anyways, my prediction was this is going to end with a race, and then Kurt's going to meet his angel at the race. I was wrong on that because I didn't expect Kurt going to Wolfman as being an, uh, an option. I didn't even think that was possible. But either way, when it came down to the race, I was like, Someone's going to crash their car. Don't know who it will be, though. So that was actually part of the surprise. Which, it actually did surprise me. Yeah? Yeah, I was kind of surprised that Falfo crashed.
0: Yeah, and that's that's so really random that, uh, what was her name? Lily? No. What was the, Ron Harris' love interest? I don't know, Brunette. Fuck again. God damn it. I feel like it starts with an R. L. Blow past it, dude. Continue your thought. We know who you are talking about now. My thought, I can't. That's not how my brain works, Todd. I can't do that. It's impossible. Um, I always thought it was like so weird that she just gets in the car th- with, and then doesn't talk. Yeah, she doesn't say anything, and then she's just like, "I don't want to go." And then and then the she's space. like, and then she's like, "I'm I'm if you're gonna race him, I'm gonna get out of the car."
1: And, and then and then, then what it's gonna happen? Like <laughs> like they're like get out of the car, and she's like, "No." <laughs> I was just like, "What?" Yeah, it was like, dude. Actually, I think that was, like, the, the high school female character type to a T of, like... Oh, yeah. She wanted to piss off Ron. Such a poorly written character. It's like, yeah. it's like... Yeah, dude. She makes... Yeah. I also... Well, what was crazy was with the crash, it's like, they all get out. Harrison Ford just, like, walks off, and then he's done for the movie.
0: <laughs> he just kind of sits there on the car like a fucked up. He's
1: like, damn. Damn. You won, though. <laughs> yeah. If, like... If this is the marquee moment of the entire film, and boom, this crash happens, Two, two, three lines of dialogue, and then we're on to the last scenes. It. I was like, linger there. Like, all of your resolve and resolution is coming from this scene, not them at the airport. All we find out at the airport is the fact that Kurt decides he's going to college, and Ron Howard's like, nope, I gotta stay to deal with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I don't like the ending.
0: Yeah, um... So, and apparently, in one of the earlier drafts of the script, the blonde angel was not supposed to be like she was supposed to be
1: imaginary. And I thought that would have been way better. Oh, I was like really excited to see this blonde chick because I was like, dude, I bet she's gonna be hot. This is gonna be like a funny little, like funny haha, not like funny serious, but. Just ended up being nothing. The phone call was satisfying, though.
0: I will. Yeah, say. I just thought it would be better if she was like just a figment of imagination. Like the only thing getting him to stay was like himself instead
1: of some, like random thing. I thought would have been better. Oh, that's or... that's deep. But then in my mind, I'm like, why is this dude running around all night chasing after a figment? He has no because purpose that, to be chasing whole, around. That's the whole
0: thing. Is like, why is he not going to college? Is it just in his mind? That's the whole. That's the whole argument. I thought it would be better. I don't know. Maybe I'm just some fucking snotty nose film guy that just likes to see all oh, is so fucking uh, deep and
1: for real. But I don't know. I just thought it would have been worse. Everything's gotta have a meaning. Yeah, you gotta see what's going on. You, you gotta be a car race for a car race sake. Yeah, there's gotta be something underneath. Like, why were the curtains blue? Because he was sad. Exactly. It's
0: like it's like <laughs> so. I used to make fun of it when I was in, like, high school, but the Great Gatsby... Who didn't? The eyes. What are the eyes looking at? Can it not just be, like, an optometrist sign? No. They're looking at the people. It's, like, making you think. Why is it green? Because green is supposed to mean blah, blah, blah. No, why can't it just be? Why can't it just be? And
1: then I go about, like, now I'm older. Like, I'm like, I oh, see... It just be that way. Well, I I mean, I guess, but it's also, like, for those kind of examples like especially when you're in school it feels like they're fishing to get people to start thinking in that kind of lane yeah and it's like okay if there's actually something that you can see that has like like if someone can explain an underlying meaning of it to me and it makes clear sense then i'm like oh that was probably intentional
0: yeah did i not explain the underlying meaning pretty well right there with the blonde being imaginary and the only reason why he's chasing her around is trying to find an excuse to stay home instead of go off to college it makes sense. I just don't want to believe you because I just wanted to see the hot blonde. It's like it's like the fuck. It's Walter Mitty. We're talking about that. However many weeks ago, you show me the picture. Wait, this whole movie. You see the picture. Just show it to me.
1: <laughs> like that? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, exactly that. That I was all riled up. I was like, I just want to see a hot blonde. And then you never see her. Never see her. Never see her. But like, I don't know. I thought there was. There's actually a lot about this movie that I really enjoyed. I just feel like for a first watch, I was like. I was taken aback because it wasn't what I was expecting. So I had like kind of a pessimistic viewpoint coming into watching it. Yeah. And now that I'm sitting back and reflecting, I'm like I kind of want to go and watch it again already. I'm definitely not going to, but I kind of want to. Uh
0: I don't know, I think it's a good movie. I think it's really entertaining to watch. Um what did you think it was going to be more like? Let's try to find an example of what you thought it was going to be. Um
1: Grease if it wasn't a musical? You thought it was going to be a little more like a little more like uh Nitty gritty, kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like a little more of the pharaohs and a little less of like high school prom. Yeah, the high school prom moment was
0: like so random.
1: But the way he told off the teacher, great. I was I like, I was that like, was awesome. I was like, yeah, I, I've always wished I could have done that. That's yeah. real,
0: yep. Dude, look, like, there's a, like a, don't even don't even come in on Monday. Is like, don't I? I graduated. Do you not remember? Like, boy, if you think about that now, they would not let you into a fucking dance if you already graduated. They'd this think, was no, you're not settled, you're not allowed to go. This was the 60s though. It was before any of this current uh, shit. I'm up. just thinking like back now like if I tried to go back like why would you ever try to go back to a high school dance to begin with? But
1: like if I just I didn't training, go to mine to begin with when I was there, that's lame. Sorry, dog. I was traveling the country playing okay, hockey, here. being dope <laughs> as fuck with cool lettuce, dude. Yeah, so where's your NHL deal now? Uh, it's on EA Sports.
0: EA Sports. It's in the game. <laughs> Uh,
1: sorry. Every time I hear, yeah, I have to do that. Nah, that's cool. I I feel you. EA's out of Vancouver, actually. Did you you knew it. Oh, I did not know that. They're they're massive, dude. And then two K is Austin. Really? Yeah. Did you know that? Uh, John Madden lived in
0: the same town that I lived in when I was growing up. Oh, I thought you were gonna say was a real person, and I was like, yes, I did know that. Yeah. No fucking shit. No, but we used to go. Tri- I didn't tri- know how big of a football dude you were. We used to go trick-or-treating at his house, and he'd give out fucking massive king-size candy bars. I, he fucking better, dude. I know, yeah. And there was this myth. This is so random. Not on topic at all. But uh, there's this myth my buddy used to tell me. It's probably a fucking lie, but I was a kid, and I believed it. That, like, the first 50 people, he'd give out his new Madden game to. And I was like, that's so fucking sick, dude. That's awesome. I want to go. And it was probably a lie. It's definitely a lie. But you know, I believed it because I was in fucking middle school or whatever. I was like, "That's so cool."
1: That would be. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know. Jason Witten lived down the street from me. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Did you ever know trick or treating? No, he lo- lived in the south, Lake mansions. So, it was... so you couldn't really. Those aren't really trick or treat houses because they had those the lights like... like the mile long driveways. That's that's what that's what a uh,
0: mans was. But he opened it up for dude. hardly. Really? Not getting yeah. So
1: like was his line for trick or treating like was it did you just have to pass by just like herds of so people? like is it like coming so, in and out of Disneyland when you go through those
0: fronts? Kind streets? of, kind of actually. So he lives on this road called Foothill Road. This is so random. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna tell the story because it's interesting. Uh, there's this Foothill Road and it is kind of a windy, like, hilly road. It's not like a very easy to like get to place. He lives over like in these massive mansions. Um John Madden. Yeah, uh, but there's, but he has a little like bus stop, like cutout, like in front of his house, like for him, that like people could pull up, drop off, and do that kind of thing. So like, well, also the Madden bus was such a famous thing that was like oh, part yeah, of his does. iconography. He doesn't fly; he drives everywhere, so you could see his bus parked in his driveway, massive, massive. Uh, not even his driveway, like the side of his own. Uh, so he has this; he's gated, got gate, one gate, like a solid fence, and another gate here. And he has two walkways going up to his front door. And there was, like, this cutout on the road that you can kind of pull in like a must stop. Uh, so you, it was honestly not that busy because it was kind of out of the way. If you're going to go trick or treat, you had to get in the car and drive there. It wasn't, like, near other neighborhoods. But you get out, you pull up, you walk up his, like, lawn. And he had, like, like stakes and stuff they put in the grass to, like, just keep you and uh, stay off his lawn. Yeah, just so you don't, like, fucking wander off to his house. Uh, but I don't know. It was just really interesting. That was super random. But yeah. No, my question for you is how could you tie that story back to American graffiti? Um, car culture, dude. Car culture. You have to drive to get places. Welcome to the United States
1: of America. Um, that was pretty good. You were not expecting that, were you? That wasn't that much of a stretch, <laughs> yeah. Driveways, cars, they all go together. And American Graffiti is a movie about cars and people and storylines that are very cookie cutter, according to Dom and me. I'll, I mean, they're, I'll tack my name on that. But, but but if you think about it,
0: when I said earlier how George Lucas was making this in spite of what Francis Ford Coppola and his wife said, it's not like, okay, yeah, he wasn't trying to make like a really interesting story. He was just trying to be like, yeah, it's easy to get people to relate to your movie. Because you just want to do sci-fi stuff and weird stuff.
1: Well, also didn't didn't it actually like do really well when it released? Yeah, because I was gonna say on the it's a nostalgia-driven movie, people are gonna watch it and be like, "Oh my god, this is so great! I love it." Well, on the image and sound, uh, top one hundred or whatever, it's on the list somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think it's in the top two fifty, not top one hundred. Yeah, I, I mean, I I like the movie. I think it's good. I do too. It's I, fun to watch. I enjoyed it. Looking back, actually, like, I really enjoyed it. There's a lot of fun moments. It's like, if you get caught up searching for, like, more deep meaning than there actually is within the film, it kind of takes away from it. It's it's kind of on par with, like, how you would sit down and watch Walter Mitty. A little bit like a Hallmark movie. Oh, that's a good reference. Um, But it's
0: more movie than a Hallmark movie. Oh, yeah. It's definitely got more deeper um, like talking about how there's there's gonna be change in these people's lives, but they're like not realizing it and they're like not accepting it kind of. Um and they're trying to like make choices of where they're gonna go in their life, but they have no idea how their lives are gonna change. That's kinda like the whole like that's the whole like in deep uh meaning of this movie, but um you could watch it and just totally just relish in it for nostalgia and stuff.
1: Absolutely. Sure. So I guess we should wrap up with our uh, final thoughts here. Uh, Dom, give me your last thoughts on this film. I feel like you kind of just gave us a brief moment of, like, why you should go and watch it, why you should check it out. Overall, what's your one takeaway? Um,
0: yeah, it's got to go back to the nostalgia. It's in the music and just the whole, like, how it pulls you into that world. It does a really good job at, like, bringing you into those characters, like, imaginations and minds and feelings of when you're watching a movie. So I think it does a really good job doing that.
1: Word. I think they did a really good job on some of the more technical things, like I was saying with like the lighting at Mills, and oh yeah, you know the it's, street, a, it's a pretty movie. It the looks street shot it does look really well. Yeah, like, we didn't it, really it talk about that actually yeah, at all. Not at all, really. No, but it looks fucking in, good. What's crazy is they were out all night long, and I didn't even pick up on that until like halfway through, and I was like, I heard them say like, oh yeah, it's a quarter to midnight when the uh, toad's picking up a bottle, and I was like. Damn, there's still a lot of movie left. These dudes are just going to roam around all night?
0: Yeah, not to mention, fucking shooting nights is awful. Yeah. So this whole production was nights. Yeah,
1: they only had like three shots, really, that was like at daybreak. Yeah. God, that would have been tough. Anyways, overall, I think this is a good movie worth the watch definitely one of those that's not super hard to get into not very rough it's it's pretty smooth it's mellow it's it's like a nice Coors Light you know those mountains are blue and you're just gonna let it ride
0: yeah I think what really took you away from it is because you were looking at the name you're thinking it was gonna be some kind of like hardcore like not action movie but a little more like gritty intense yeah like it's not what it was and you were not ready for that but now talking about it you kind of like yeah you know it's not bad it ain't bad
1: but anyways if you don't have anything else to say I don't get anything else. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Theater Cleaners. I've been Todd. Beside me has been Dom. And next week is going to be our last episode of this season. So please stay tuned for that one. We're going to do something a little fun, give you guys a sneak peek of what to expect in in the season to follow. For sure. So tune in. We're going to be talking about Moonlight. It's a 2016 film. Won, won some awards. It's actually really beautiful. So tune in next time. Yeah. But until then. Oh, it's Wolfman
0: Jack sending on the radio. <laughs>
1: All right. Catch y'all.
0: We're gonna give me give your best try at Wolfman Jack right here.
1: Oh, it's Wolfman Jack over here coming down. I don't know, dude. That's a tough one. It's a tough voice. You do it well. You do it
0: well. Well, thanks for watching, guys. We'll I think see I blew you. out my mic, dude. Yeah, I think it sounds a little different. It sounds, it different. sounds a little different.